You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello, and welcome to the Salty Sex Cast. So it's just Mariah coming in today, and Brady, of course, and guest. I'll introduce our guest in just a moment. But we have our Pamela is out sick. Um, so hopefully I can do this without her. I'm kind of scared. I need to be a big girl today. But um, today I have Chris Davis. And he is a director and has worked um, on a documentary for the past five years of um, about sex trafficking in India and the young girls that fall victim to that and kind of the darker side that a lot of people avoid talking about. So I'm really excited to have Chris on. We get to uh, pick his brain for a minute and see how we can help everybody and make sure that we're doing our part as much as we can. So Chris, would you like to introduce yourself any further? Give us any more background on who you are and kind of put us there. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, yes, um, I started actually working on this documentary back in 2011 um, on, human, on human sex trafficking specifically. It was a passion that um, started up for me ooh, in my probably early 20s when um, I traveled quite, a, quite extensively. And I was traveling in Guatemala and I was sitting at a cafe and a woman comes up to me. Um, and sits down and starts talking to me and uh, soon she starts to uh, proposition me for sex and as I explained to her I wasn't very interested in that we actually started talking and I got to know this woman over the course of the next half hour and some some things seemed off and she opened up quite extensively to me about her situation and she was uh actually sold by her parents when she was 12 years old and um to the to the mafia in that area and from the age of 12 on um she was you know she's kind of forgotten her age a little bit but uh Mm -hmm. she believes that she's probably around she was probably around 24 and she's still obviously stuck in the trade and that opened up my eyes, you know, meeting somebody that has been trafficked opened up my eyes in such a huge way. It's always become a passion for me to dive deeper into the subject itself. And uh, when I started making the documentary, um, you know, it, it's one thing to talk about human trafficking, but living that situation every single day, speaking with these women and and boys as well, these young girls, boys, women, and men that have been trafficked, working with them every day. Wow, the heavy shadow, the, the consequences of potential unethical sexuality really hit me hard. Mm. And um, that actually led me into Tantra. Um, I, I now teach Tantra. And... Um, I'm a facilitator and, and led me into my own path of healing sexuality. Will you describe um, Tantra um, to those who aren't super familiar with it? And you call it more of Tantras, how you say it. I just have always said mm-hmm. it, maybe more than Americanized. <laughs> but I also wanted to tell all our listeners that you're um, in our Zoom meeting from India right now, correct? And so... I'm Indonesia, Bali. Indonesia. Okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Maybe we should <laughs> have chatted fine. more before this. But yeah, so um, <laughs> there's a bit of a lag or anything. And um, again, we're out of the studio too, so our quality may not be awesome. But um, so again, I apologize. You were defining Tantra for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's a very deep um, subject to to define. Um, I like to kind of look at it as just a, a, a way of living to see all sides of light, uh, all sides of life, the white and the black. Um, oftentimes in society, 
we have a tendency to, you know, through our conditioning and culture and religions, we have a tendency to see everything as right and wrong, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And Tantra is kind of a form of stepping into seeing everything in life as an opportunity, everything in life as life works. So, and it encompasses everything. Um, oftentimes people think that Tantra is specifically around sexuality when that is actually not the case. It just encompasses sexuality and goes quite deeply into it as life force energy and the way to uh, tap into quite a bit in life as many other things do. That's awesome. Yeah, I've never heard that definition for at all. And I know um, Pamela has looked into it and read about it and has experienced um, way more than I do. Um, And so she'll probably be sitting here slapping me on the wrist when she listens to this. She's like, you didn't even look anything up, but um, I appreciate that. So that's kind of how you started on a few things and why you started into that. Correct. Just because of the dark side that you saw. Um, And so as far as your background on filmmaking and being that platform for you, how was that kind of started? Like I have to tell someone's story and I know this medium, um, kind of why a documentary? Well, I've been uh, studying film since I was 15 years old. Um, it's always been a passion of mine. And the I was actually making a film. Um, I've always been really passionate about social justice issues and bringing those to light. So I was actually working on a documentary in Guatemala when I met this uh, this uh, sex worker, um, trafficked woman, girl, that was uh, that was trafficked. And mm-hmm. so I was I was working on another project, and that's the one that that brought me into desiring to bring light to this subject because currently human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal activity in the entire world. It's faster than drugs, faster than arms, and it just seems to be something that people are starting to talk about, but it's one of those scary subjects. It's one of those scary subjects to look in at our humanity, and it's sometimes quite easy to be able to kind of not think about it or not dive into it as deep. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you want to stick your head in the sand, especially when you hear how young a lot of them are taken into this. And and is that where um, the name of your documentary came from, kind of that stolen innocence of is what the name of the documentary is? Sorry, I don't even think I introduced that. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> this is why I don't go well solo. <laughs> I need my friend. Anyway, Um <laughs> But it just kind of, it, it typically starts really young. And, you know, I watched the documentary and it was very uh, moving. Um, and a lot of things of, of poverty, again, because either somebody sells them or they're just trying to help their family make um, ends meet. And this is the only way or they were sold under, you know, false pretenses of, oh, we're going to give you education and a better life, not this is going to be your life now. And so I felt like that was really, really hard than the lack of resources once they realize what's happening to them. And there's no one to reach out right. to. Um, right. And and the scary thing about that is, is that it's even though that that's the area that we're working on most are, are, is the vulnerable. Right. But I believe at times, it's it's easy to think, oh, well, this is, you know, third world countries, poor countries that are receiving such human trafficking. But, I mean, if you take a look at Epstein and mm-hmm. looking, you know, like you're looking at um, upper class America, um, girls going to, you know, large schools being trafficked. And this is happening. You know, the rings are big all over the world in every single class and every single level of vulnerability. Mm. And that brings us into our backyard. And I mean, if it's kind of, if you're listening to this right now and you thought it's not an issue, um, feel like you haven't seen it or heard it, 
I'm sure you've recognized certain signs. Um, yeah, um, I found that for myself, um, you know, the deeper that I've gone into the dark side of pretty much anything in life, and I've looked at the dark and healed the dark, the lighter that I can go. So, for example, um, it's like if you if you shine a bright light, the brighter that light shone on an object, the deeper that shadow is going to appear. And so it's like it's that same reference inside life. It's like the darker the shadow, the brighter the light, and the more clear everything is going to become. And so oftentimes I'll refer to the darkness as the shadow. Mm-hmm. And shadow is not necessarily always a bad thing. Um, I don't reference it to something that somebody's doing bad or wrong. Sometimes it's just the unseen, what what hasn't been brought into the light. So it's in the dark. That's really awesome. You can tell your coach <laughs> when you can make those <laughs> references and those connections easily for for others to grasp something that's um, hard to put into words, but they know that they can feel it, they live it. Um, so I love that. Um, as far as sex trafficking and seeing that side of the world, um, what are your hopes for your documentary and kind of your um, experience and you, what you have within your power, what would you like to see change? Well, um, Awareness, I think, is one of the number one things. I think as right now we're going through our society in this um, deep sense of looking at our own shadows, and these shadows are becoming light at the moment. Mm -hmm. They're coming into light. And as we're seeing that happen, I think we're going to be moving into a lot of different shadows. And I'm hoping that sex trafficking at one point actually becomes one of those ones that we deal with, with there being over 30 million, an estimated over 30 million people trafficked in the world right now. Um, these, um, so the awareness, um, what I'm personally doing um, after the, I apologize for my ums, I'm, I'm not super great at interviews, but. Uh, and I'm not great I, at interviewing, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, after the documentary, um, I started up a nonprofit, an NGO, in India and Nepal, um, which is the areas that we're working through. And we've we've since expanded to Indonesia. Um, we're we're going into Vietnam and Cambodia, but we're working towards the actual rescues of uh, women and girls who have been trafficked. Um, and um, at the same time, we work with those women, those survivors of human trafficking to empower them back into a life, um, a, a healthy life, a, a life that, um, that they feel empowered and can move forward because that's, a, that's actually the more challenging step in all of this. Um, There's a lot of trauma around our darkness and our shadows. And, and I felt like that was really what was focused on, or at least that's what I brought or I took from the documentary, um, you know, was kind of that, now that we have finally saved one of them, they still have a long road. You know, that rehabilitation is still another battle that they're going to have to fight. Um, And the lack of resources that were available. I mean, you guys are even fighting police and where you think that that would be some, an ally. um, It really is, um, you know, the corruption and things like that are are quite um, deep and dark. Um, if we want to bring it back to that theme. Uh, and that was, you know, hard because in part of the documentary, you guys talk about that corruption and how, um, you know, my blood was boiling at that point. I was like, oh my God, like she's right there. And it was really hard for me to watch it. And I'm sure um, tenfold to actually experience it and know that people are trying so hard um, to swim this you know, or climb this uphill battle and swim against the current and, and really try to, to help these people who've been trafficked. Um, so what are some of the things that you guys focus on with the nonprofit? And that is the humanrescueproject.org, if anyone would like to look into that as well. 
But what can you tell us right now just um, with what you guys focus on with that healing and trauma and moving forward? Well, our focus, our, our current focus, because uh, a nonprofit is just like any business, and especially in these times currently right now, um, funding is, is low. <laughs> so we're currently focusing mostly on rescues, but we're actually looking to, um, to purchase areas and homes. Um, currently, we're just working with, with homes and nonprofits that are up and running, that are running out of space. And so um, we are working with them on an individual level of, right. of integration because the, the types of tools um, that I've learned over the years, um, which is specifically working with working with sexual trauma and and how to heal through sexual trauma is of great value to them. And so we work in that area. Um, we also work on the area of awareness. What we're doing specifically in India and Nepal is we have special programs as the most vulnerable in these areas are obviously the the, the people in poverty and lack of education. And these people are, are being um, unfortunately trafficked oftentimes by their own family members, uncles, aunts, people inside the the, the communities and so we're looking to educate the vulnerable versus just an over wide uh, we're also looking to you know we speak on social media stolen innocence in itself is speaking to the the world but we're we're looking to speak to the the community so we've set up programs which can be quite difficult um, due to um, cultural differences mm -hmm. and whatnot so we're working with these communities themselves and girls who are actually survivors to help bring this message to communities. So, so we have a program set up around that. Correct. That's and we lovely. also work with perpetrators. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if there's no market, piece. if we can kill the market, there's no, um, but unfortunately that seems like it is uh, uh, the head of the snake that you're never going to find, you know, fully. And so, so for me to even think, where would I start? <laughs> I would never start, start there, but um, it's amazing that you're still trying to make that effort out there and, and tell the perpetrators and say, what are some of those things that you guys focus on? Is it just education? Is it more of um, making like brothels have better restrictions? What, what does that look like for, for working with perpetrators? Um, I think I would like to speak about how we're working with perpetrators once we step a little bit more into shadow aspects around the world. Let's do because it. Because it's a triggering mm -hmm. topic, and I would like to kind of set that up. Sometimes people have a Please really do. difficult time that we're actually working with perpetrators. Um, um, it's, it's, I could definitely see it, and I uh, go through my day job. I'm an educator for, for um, those who have survived domestic and sexual abuse. Um, and so that's where I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, let's do this. And not realizing that <laughs> probably the average person is like, why? No, just perpetrators should be in jail and that's all. But um, no, I mean, like I said, if we could work with them. So let's let's jump into that. I would love for you to go ahead and jump in. Sure, I would love to because, well, one thing that I've really noticed while I work uh oh, we might have lost him. The video. I don't know what's going on. Let me see if I mute mine. If it'll help. The world around the sexuality, around sexuality and how it, how it plays out inside the world. I'm Ooh, so sorry, Chris. A lot Chris. of deep work. I'm so sorry. You <laughs> cut out really bad with that whole explanation. Oh. Oh. Are you still there? Okay. Yep. I can hear you, but your video is no longer there. You're frozen. No worries. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it'll catch up with us. 
Let's see. Hello? <laughs> yep. Are we back okay. again? Yes, you're back again. So sorry. Sometimes, you know, gotta love technology and gotta hate it sometimes too. Um, no worries. Okay. So would you please <laughs> start over again? I'm so sorry. Oh, I think it did it again. Dang it. Let's just take a short pause. I'm going to pause the audio as well. Okay. If I can find my mouse cursor. There it is. Okay, Chris. Um, before we had all of our technical difficulties and <laughs> all the fun things, um, we kind of were setting the stage for working with perpetrators and talking about um, that dark side. And the deeper you dive into the dark side, um, the lighter you really can make things correct. I mean, it's what I'm picking up. Right. Well, I think the, the thing that really helped me was seeing the overview of human trafficking in the world. It's, it's a lot sometimes easier to look outside of ourselves and say, that's a shadow, that's bad, that's very apparent, mm -hmm. and that's dark, and forget to look at the subtleties inside of ourselves. Or sometimes, as human beings, we have the tendency to be like, that's a lot worse, my trauma doesn't count. It's not worth talking about. It's not worth looking at. Wow. And so this allowed me, this opportunity allowed me to look very closely and do a lot of really deep and a lot of difficult work around my own shadows and my own sexuality and the subtleties around it. And actually the sexuality inside the world around me and society and the darkness that can be around it in such subtle ways, just such as like consent and saying yes and no, and not mm -hmm. just being able to say yes and no, but also diving into how to say yes and no, how to check in with your body, yes. your emotions and your mind and have a collective yes in that. And the consequences that can oh. come from doing that both for yourself and for the other person. I love that you brought that in and, and listening to all the signals you're getting, you know, your, your, your body, your mind. I mean, if it's not in sync, that's not, you are going to be led astray. You are going to have a hard time with um, boundaries and things like that. I mean, we, we come with radar that says we're in danger, even if we want to say yes kind of thing. So I love that you bring that up. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing about it is as I was studying Tantra, I'm also an absolute geek. I love sex. I love it so much. You're in the I right love what <laughs> <laughs> I love what it brings to my life. I love what it brings to the people around it. And um, it's led me into, you know, looking at intro, what I've been studying this entire time and just looking how the nervous system reacts to those times when it's not a full yes or our own trauma, mm -hmm. traumatic experiences, sexual system, how that actually affects our, our orgasms and the chemical cocktails, the type of orgasm we're having, what type of chemicals that's being sent to our body and it has a big play little tiny subtleties have a big play in how we receive and enjoy our sexuality oh yeah i would agree to that wholeheartedly <laughs> um you know the way our nervous system can react to the, you know, the autonomic nervous system is something that's really interesting and it and it's unconscious is the difficult part. It's unconscious. <laughs> and so if we're feeling the slightest thing off, it can bring us deeper into our sympathetic nervous system versus our parasympathetic nervous system. And our sympathetic nervous system responds to fight, flight or freeze generally. And our parasympathetic nervous system calms our body and brings us down to 
you know, to a more calm state. And both, we, we can receive an orgasm and pleasure in any one of these states, but they do receive a di- we do receive a different type of chemical reaction in that. Um, and neither one of them are wrong or right, but um, if we're looking for connection, mm. if we're looking to connect with our partner, bringing in the parasympathetic nervous system into that is greatly important because it releases more oxytocin, which is the same, you know, chemical that is the connection chemical. It's the, you know, that's the connection, connection hormone that allows us to connect deeper with those around us. It's the reason why the nipples carry oxytocin <laughs> release and connection with the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably the first time I remember hearing about that chemicals when nursing my own kids. I was like, what now? But it's really amazing. And when you can really pinpoint exactly <laughs> that way it makes you feel. And I would say, you know, that's that it almost kind of causes that butterflies sensation. If you hear people kind of explain that, maybe that's kind of how other people can relate to it. So that's wonderful. Um Kind of how, where does that dark side come into play? So I think the dark side lies around specifically, I think one of our biggest challenges as a civilization and humanity, it doesn't matter if we're in the United States or in a, you know, third world country or a highly religious country, um, we're all experiencing the same thing and that, that sex isn't being talked about. Sex is being shamed. Sex, we feel guilty around sexuality. And that both brings up shadows in our self around, you know, guilt, shame, Fear around sexuality. But, but it also can have the potential to drive us into the shadows of sexuality. So oftentimes, as human beings are taught, in this culture that sex is bad um you know growing up in utah um <laughs> i also we're feeling all these hormones we're feeling the design side of us and often so for example in the largest causes are reasons behind really not talked about and not only the, in, in the state of utah to have sex before so we're talking about eight hundred thousand people living in a brothel and so the need and the demand for sexuality is super high. And then rather looking for it in ethical places or maybe even sex workers that are, are looking into it in a place that is coming from a healing, mm-hmm. they're looking in the shadow sides of it where we don't know if it's human trafficking. We don't know if this is a 13-year-old girl, but we need to find a way to express our sexuality. Yeah. And that, I mean, even comes from kind of pornography and enjoying pornography and consumption of that is, I don't even know, um, you know, recently I was told that there's even ethically made porn. I was like, I didn't know that. I went to one site only and the only is that. And I was like, as a consumer myself, I was like, well, shit, why haven't I been doing my responsibility and like doing my job to kind of not give a market for someone who could potentially be underage or something that's not ethically produced. Um, so that's something that I can personally relate to is, is consuming porn um, and finding those better ways and, and not bringing myself into the darker side because I am consuming it kind of thing, understanding where that line is for myself. Well, I think, I think pornography is a huge topic around our shadows around sexuality. Because if we take a look at the majority of pornography made, and I want to 
be super clear here, I'm not demonizing pornography because I believe that it can be ethical and I believe that it can be um, uplifting mm -hmm. um, and beneficial. But um, if we look at the majority of pornography out there, one is that, yes, obviously the trafficking aspect of it, and that's widely known in, in human trafficking um, in the pornography industry, but uh, education around pornography, you know, as we're not knowing how to express their sexuality, the most widely available resource is pornography, and the majority of it does not teach us how to connect. It does not teach us what sexuality actually is like. It's a misrepresentation. Oftentimes, um, it's not healthy for the vision of female bodies in it. It's, there's so much that can be taught through pornography, which is the world's number one teacher right now. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, we have an episode dedicated to we, we titled it War on Porn, question mark, question mark. I'm like, how, why are we're centering our, um, because Utah and you're from Utah, has labeled porn as a health crisis. A, and it, I'm like, no, we have an education, a sex education crisis. And if we can start with that education, just like you're saying, you really can find out um how to use it in a more uplifting and bring it into that lighter side, a tool that you can use on the lighter side, then let it um, drag you down into kind of the depths of, of that shame that you were talking about. All right. You know, while, while we were making the film stolen innocence, we actually had a well-known, uh, well, nonprofit organization that fights pornography in general um, offered to be producers for it. Mm. And it was one of the hardest positions in the world to see like, oh, we can, we're getting the money we can make to spread this message, but we had to deny it. It was a large sum of money because I can't support that, right? But um, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> that we, if we focused on education, if we focused on talking about sex, we, these subtleties of finding our yeses and our noes and our consent and how we go about, I think as human beings, we have such subtle shadows sometimes that can cause so much pain. You know, the assumption that sex is going to happen, the assumption that the other person might want to have sex, mm. um, just our own inner turmoil, what, what our conditioning and our culture has taught us about sexuality and is that serving to us anymore wow yeah um it's definitely a message we have been preaching for a while <laughs> so we love when we have everyone and the guests we have on come on and and just kind of say it in a different way a little bit and you know try to bring even more light every single time we talk about it because it's something that it's just uh we need to talk about it and not be so afraid of it. I actually just recently posted a an article written about pornography and children who've been exposed to pornography and what the LDS church can do about it. And um, I, I wrote it in a way and I said, if you cringed at the word LDS, read the article. <laughs> if you cringed at the word pornography, read the article, you know, and like, don't, it's, because you're afraid of the title or who it came from or who wrote it. Um, I think if we, we try to dive into more resources and just like you said, even if we're working with perpetrators or we're working with um, survivors, it's still the same goal, um, you know, and try not to be so afraid or, or I don't even want to touch that subject or go there because that is the worst thing or whatever, or it's, um, it's a trigger word or even anything like that. You know, that's why I was like, don't just read the article. Don't listen to what it said, you know, the title or who it was written for. Just understand that it's, it's great knowledge. Um, and, you know, it was meant to have be bishops, be for bishops and how they can help youth. And it was stop shaming them. Understand that this is a natural thing. Stop saying, just don't do it. Cause now they're going to go and do it, you know? And so it was, it was a really, really well-written article, but um Again, 
it's that fear that people don't even want to touch some of those dark places because they're worried it's going to bring them back. They're, they're going to get dragged down with it. But really, it's that education. The more you know about it, you know, you can fight the devil you know a lot easier than the devil you don't if you want to bring in uh, an analogy like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe that um, that education also leads us into going. Um, the sexologist Jack Moran wrote a book that I absolutely love that goes into the chorotic themes. And speaking about these kind of like hidden ways that we express our eroticism are actually might even be feeling erotic that we feel shame around and a lot of these things are built up around family but um this in itself is that um it moves into the space of being able to express and explore these places that we feel shame about mm. and some of them might feel like they are deserving of shame to ourselves at that moment, mm. but they're there, right? And there's something to explore within that um, realm. And so I believe that if we can start exploring in our shadow ends of things and the places we see is shame, guilt, and fear and find healthy ways of a lot of healing within our own shadow and the, the covert and the into finding our pleasure we can move into the ethical sides of it that's awesome um have you found uh what have you found within yourself as you've been making this documentary i know you said that you kind of had to reach into some deep side or you know and really um look in and uh explore those areas uh what have you found for yourself if you're comfortable sharing absolutely um i can definitely speak to a few of those um as as i was exploring this one of the biggest things that really popped up up to me was the actual anger that i was feeling towards principally being a male body having a male body, being born with a male body. And I don't think I fully realized this until I really started going to the processes of doing the shadow work around male bodies and the masculine. Um, and when I say shadow work, I mean looking at the shadows and working with those shadows. Um, and as I was working through that, then I started to understand and realize that there was a lot of pent up anger and trauma around the feminine in the female body mm. and how that was showing up in my life and how I was maybe trying to cover up my male body through being so openly kind to the feminine when oftentimes I've received in, uh, uh, I've, I've received <laughs> not so fantastic experiences from female bodies and manipulation and et cetera. Not saying that all female bodies are like that, but there's shadows in all of us and there's shadows to explore in female bodies, male bodies, and anybody who identifies with those or anything else. Um, we have things to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the biggest things that surprised me was, uh, taking a look at these chorotic themes. I was just expressing about some of these things that I, I might have had shame around. And, you know, oftentimes I won't express this openly on a podcast because these are personal <laughs> vulnerable things that, <laughs> but what I will speak around them is some of them were surprising. Um, some of them I judged quite heavily with inside of myself. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of healing within, with them, expressing them and finding healthy ways to dive into why that is a, um, why that is an erotic trigger for myself. 
know, why the taboo, why the prohibited, why all these different types of things actually trigger me. And that's both helped me in my personal relationships and relationships I have with partners by knowing my erotic triggers and knowing some of them, like rather than hiding them and pushing them down, being aware of them, speaking to them, and um, as well as healing through the process of why some of those might exist. That's awesome. And it sounds... I have a... Go ahead. No, please, please go ahead. You said you were saying. Um, I have I have a saying that um, triggers a lot of people often, and I understand why that trigger hits. But um, I believe we're going to start doing a lot of healing with our society once uh, every pedophile in the world could be able to say, "I'm a pedophile." Um, can be able to speak to the fact that there is a desire out there it doesn't mean that they're expressing them it doesn't mean that you know and this is a this is a very deep i, I use that term because it's a trigger for so many people that's wrong you know it it is indefinitely wrong to act out upon that mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that we're wrong or that person is wrong for feeling attraction for mm-hmm. feeling that feeling that deserves to be healed not pushed down um, I think that's beautifully said, and and it really, really comes from even even that any type of shame or guilt that revolves around uh, sexuality and um, you know we I I'm, I'm always comparing sexual drive to like hunger because it's something like you can really you know we don't have a lot of shame around being hungry <laughs> kind of thing, and so it's it's uh, it's, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yes, I can, I can make a connection on there with what you're saying. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I think, um, being able to admit and being able to recognize that drive behind some of those, uh, sexual desires, um, can be very enlightening and empowering if we can name them and then be able to, um, what are some, have you found anything uh, that you do, you yourself, or that you've heard of other people doing f- to help heal some of those um, darker desires, you know, when you do find it and you face it head on? Now, how do you heal from that? Right. Well, um, for me and myself, um, exploring Tantra um, has been very helpful for me. Um, you know, the, the modern day new age tantra, the way you look at it, there's a lot of activities and exercises set up to go deep inside your own vulnerability of your emotions and express those and emotional release, you know, getting those emotions out, releasing these things that penting up, um, breath work, I'm a breath work facilitator, and breath work has been probably one of my number one tools for healing. And it seems so easy. And so just, oh, I just breathe. But the amount of emotions and body connection we can have and release through breath work can be absolutely mind-blowing. Um, support systems, finding mm. people that we can actually community family that we can talk to that we can we can tell them these things that we're afraid to tell everybody else because we have shame around them that we can talk about it that we can normalize it yeah normalizing the talking about hard things and um coming to someone um i mean that's why i chose podcast as my format to get people you know to to talk about these hard things because it's uncomfortable and I like to always throw humor and inappropriate things in there because for some reason it kind of you know helps with those harder things and that's how I personally deal with things and so that's why I always like to say I'm irreverent in how I say things but doesn't mean I'm not passionate about what I'm saying and trying to normalize those conversations um 
and uh, and making them just more vulnerable and, and, and stop putting a face on and kind of being able to give you permission to take the mask off. And this is a safe place to talk about it um, and find help. I love it. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, oh, no, no, sorry. I'm just going to say, and, and uh, continue with what you were kind of saying on that dark side and, and hinting to working with those perpetrators perpetrators right so when we talk about that it's a really difficult position for anybody to say you know now now hold on everybody everybody take a breath because this is a very difficult thing to talk about and we're passionate about both sides but when as a perpetrator a vic are we working with a perpetrator are we working with a victim or vice versa and that's not that's not condoning acts that are unethical and that that are not okay to do. That's that's not condoning it. Those things that we looked at, talked about, consequences deserve to be happen with acting out of on those things. But the truth of the matter, when you take a look at human trafficking and the women, the women who are working as traffickers currently and pimps and madams of these brothels, the majority of them have been trafficked themselves. Yeah. The majority of them have figured out a way inside their life. That's the only thing that they've had and can't get back into their own communities again can't get back there so they they end up becoming meadows and they mm. end up becoming pimps and they end up becoming people of the cycle repeating itself and then you know another is a, a it's there's a high probability if we've been sexually abused as children that 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 uh, cycle might replay out in that shadow form and so unless we start working with what we call perpetrators, unless we start. Oh, no, we lost him. Oh, yep. It looks like we lost him completely. Well, yeah, thanks to we'll everybody in the Salty Sex Cast Army that's uh, toughing it out. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting topic to get to talk about. And we're excited to be able to talk to Chris. But this is one of the difficulties of having a Zoom meeting from Indonesia. <laughs> Yeah, completely different country. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as soon as Chris is back in Utah, we are totally having a man again. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, Chris, we oh, lost God. you there for a second. Maybe we're still having difficulties. Let me take this as an opportunity to remind everybody that you can find us on Patreon. <laughs> oh. Patreon.com forward slash Salty Sex Cast. We're also available on Twitter at Salty Sex Cast. And you can reach out to us uh, on Gmail at SaltySexCast at gmail.com. And don't forget to look into our lovely sponsor, TrySassyBox.com. Yeah. While we're on the subject of uh, dropping everything, um, again, if you want to know how you can help... Uh, trafficking and rehabilitation uh, you can go to humanrescueproject.org um, when we're, we're filling our space Chris <laughs> as we dropped you so can you hear us okay no yes oh. possibly possibly there's a little bit of a delay and we're all not used yes, to the so delay I can hear you just fine okay, okay. perfect <laughs> Well, while we I have think that we're pause, back to normal. <laughs> while we have that pause too, let's uh, make sure everybody knows that they can go to StolenDocumentary.com to view the documentary that we're talking about. And you have provided that documentary for free. Um, that isn't a documentary you need to purchase or have a streaming service to view, and it's um, which is really awesome. I mean, when we're talking about education <laughs> and making it available, a lot of times having those free services. Um, so. 
thank you for everyone who supported that and has made that documentary available to everyone. Cause I know that wasn't free <laughs> for you to make it free for others. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, was there any point in time as you were making this documentary because you, it deals with a lot of dark topics and a lot of, I, you know, a sense of despair. Did you ever feel overwhelmed with that despair and how did you cope with that? That's a wonderful question. Uh, many, many, many times. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've had several people working on this documentary with us, not many, about five. And it seems like most of the people could handle maybe a month to two months before they had to go back to the U.S. and recharge. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up spending pretty much the majority of that time um, out, of the, out of the U.S. working on this documentary. Wow. And um, I probably hit, I learned a lot about myself in this, this time period because I probably hit what I thought to be my top, what I'm able to go through so many times. And, you know, I have crazy stories of being chased by the government and the police and, and being, having the mafia after me and having to go into hiding and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the hardest piece of it was the emotional aspect. And that was actually the aspect that kept me going with this documentary, because as we're working with these wonderful women and girls that are offering such vulnerable pieces to themselves to create healing in this world and to create awareness, I felt a extreme amount of responsibility to be ethical with that information and push it through. And so that's what kept me going. Just like you said, I mean, every dark side, there is that light, you know, I mean, you see that the difference you got to make. Um, what are some other differences that you've seen because of the fruits of your labor, <laughs> if you will, you know, um, is there we can shine some light on some of the feel goods so we can end on a on a more positive note today that's exactly what i was going to ask is is there a light yeah, at the end I, of the tunnel are you seeing improvements <laughs> absolutely and yes i believe it's absolutely necessary to bring some some rainbows and unicorns and all of this because it's a heavy topic <laughs> um wow i would say that um absolutely both in the world of human trafficking and survivors of human trafficking and and sexual abuse to both what people consider themselves just average day every people diving deeper into themselves and their light around it um, I, I oftentimes lead workshops to guide people through processes to self-discovery and um, Wow, um, the women who have been, some of these women who have been trafficked, you know, we're, we're following a story currently right now with this wonderful woman we worked with and she was actually in the documentary itself and it's been, she is now helping survivors and psychologically and she just, she just finished climbing Mount Everest, which was her lifetime goal and she's out wow. there just doing all this amazing things. And watching just everyday normal people, I say that in quotations, but um, <laughs> going through their own healing and their own journey around their shadows and their light and discovering themselves and finding empowerment in life and seeing how that's reflecting in their family and their relationships and their marriages and you know, watching a world where, where we're starting to work together. It looks like we might have lost him again here. We're going to give it a second. Oh, this is the difficulties. Uh, so frustrating when he has such a wonderful message to share. We definitely look forward to when 
when Chris makes it back around uh, to Utah, we're definitely going to have him in studio because this is... Uh, guys, and see you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Oh. Uh, still can't see you. Okay. Can hear you now. Sorry, so, guys. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're okay. <laughs> uh, this is the fun part of uh, technology. So... Um, you kind of cut out right at uh, Brady. Do you remember? Um, I don't. My my memory is not that long. I could back up the tape if you want to pause the audio. No, you're fine. Okay. It's, I think we're good. So uh, what was like maybe your last sentence? It was just maybe 10, 15 seconds that we lost you. <laughs> um, just, uh, just being able to watch humans and humanity start to work together. Um, versus blaming and shaming, but coming together as a group and working through this as a group. And that's beautiful for me to watch, beautiful for me to see and see the healing and see the happiness and see the empowerment of speaking your voice and living in your truth and authenticity. That's wonderful, especially when you are, um, face you know head on with darkness often and and knowing that it can pull you down if you're not also looking at that light and the stuff that it can bring the wonderful things that it can bring as well um so we appreciate you going through those hard five years and i'm sure all the women that and trafficked um victims and survivors and i will use that word more than victim but survivors um, I'm sure that they quite appreciate those who have worked really, really hard and have made those personal sacrifices to get um, education and awareness out there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we haven't stopped. <laughs> we're going yeah. forth. So <laughs> anybody who wants to get involved in this, we're working as hard as we can to rescue these survivors. You know, the average age of of these uh, of of women and girls and boys who are trafficked is between 11 and 13, and there are millions upon millions of slit of enslaved people in this world right now, and. Mm-hmm. And there's hope and we have hope and we have action to take and we've got to grab our shovels and get to work at this. I mean, obviously <laughs> we gave you a website several times on where you can um, financially help. Um, where, where else can people help, you know, that have maybe just a couple minutes to have so much they want to give back. Um, point them in the direction. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you know, it's it's hard to find stuff right now, but um, we actually have an advocacy or an ambassadors program that I think is a really great um, opportunity for people who don't have the financial means to kind of help out right now. Um, yeah. We have a program that you can sponsor a rescue for our average cost to rescue a, a, a person from human trafficking is $360. So for $30 mm-hmm. a month, you can help. But if you don't have that amount of money, to offer um, advocacy. So we have a program to spread the word, to spread the awareness, to get the word out to other people on what's happening in this world. That's wonderful. I am, I think, and even as simple as the hashtag, give her a voice, you know, if you want to share things with someone who is out there is social media and, and they, they understand it much better than I do, uh, you know, research that hashtag, share things, um, because no action is too little. So that's so wonderful. Chris, it has been such a pleasure and I am so sorry for all the technical difficulties. Um, please, when you are back in Utah, we would love to have you come back in. I want to be your best friend because you just seem like this really awesome person have so many cool things. I'm like breathing workshops. Hell yeah. I'm like, I'll totally sign up all these cool things. Um, <laughs> So if you ever want to do that in Utah, I know all the people. We, we got you. I mean, it would be awesome. Um, so thank you again so much for coming on. And um, anything, any last words you want to share with any of our listeners? Thank you. 
thank you for you. Thank you for the listeners for diving into these subjects. Thank you for speaking your voice. Thank you for letting this be known. Thank you for listening and discussing difficult and super sexy hot topics. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We try. We try. <laughs> well, I just want to remind everybody one more time. StolenDocumentary.com, uh, HumanRescueProject.org. Uh, go check it out and see what Chris yeah, has really talked will, about. Um, yeah, we'll share all of that on our social medias as well. And in case anything broke out um, and you couldn't quite hear the audio, uh, we'll get all the information you need. So thank you so much, listeners. Um, stay sexy. And salty. And salty. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you jumped in, Brady. Thank you. I was like, I have to go solo on this. We got to step up our game without Pamela. <laughs> I know we do. We miss her. We hope she is feeling better. So, well, I'll let you thank send you. us off with your. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.